0: hello and welcome to another episode of the golden hour podcast i'm your host dave mays uh this show is brought to you by the polar pro studio and today's guest is the one and only jevin dovey i need a soundboard with that in there um actually you know what i think i have that i think i have some cheering yeah (laughs) jevin dovey ladies and gentlemen thank you thank you now this is actually jevin's what fourth time on the show or or third i don't remember
1: I don't know maybe we should have looked at it before we started
0: jevin is a good friend of mine if you've listened to the show you know that uh he and i call each other regularly and i recommend everybody find um a creator somebody who's in the same field as you to call because it's really nice to have somebody like jevin who um understands the youtube uh struggles the video production world and also he's a father just like me and his wife is expecting another one and um, you know, congrats to them. Uh, Let's do it. Let's do a soft clap for that. You're going to have a, am I allowed to say a baby boy?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not keeping it. We're we're not keeping it out of the, we're not, we haven't (laughs) been hiding it. You haven't been hiding it. (laughs) We haven't been hiding it, but we haven't been like announcing it. I haven't put it on my social media or anything like that, but it's not like we're hiding it. I just don't, care to put too much of my personal life on my social media. Um, but yeah, I mean, I to reiterate what Dave was saying, it is good to have like a s- circle of people around you that you trust and you can call up whenever and like, you know, bounce ideas off of or just like have conversations with because there's a lot of things that like we go through being a creator sitting in an office and just like talking to ourselves in our heads and talking to our cameras that like we feel like we're doing something wrong But in reality, it's, you know, everyone's going through the same struggle. So I keep finding that um, the more I talk to other creators, the more I'm just, we're all going through the same thing. So it's good to like have a network.
0: Totally. And I, I, I'm really grateful for you too, this year, because I know you've had to endure a lot of my complaining because I went from being a YouTuber to not all year. And it was like a big struggle for me. And I, I think uh, I changed my mind. How are you feeling now? I'm excited. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to just go for it in 2022. I'm going freelance, uh, starting February 1st. And, uh, I even started filming of, v- I didn't tell you this, but I started filming a video oh. this morning, uh, and it Ooh. went really well. It was a lot of fun. So, but, uh, your channel has, uh, changed and grown a lot. You're over 700,000 subs now, which is incredible. So, well mm-hmm. over actually 758,000 subs way to go. That dude! That's amazing. That's like getting yeah, it's crazy. Up. That's getting amazingly closer and closer to a million, which is nuts.
1: It's, so if you go on Social Blade and you look at like future projections on Christmas, it was one year out from hitting a million. So that's a interesting. It's a good way to count to see how Social Blade, if it's actually that accurate, because we'll okay. see by next Christmas if I have a million.
0: Wow. I know that's a goal of yours uh, to hit a million. And if you're not a subscriber already, what are you doing? Go over to Jevin Dovey's uh, YouTube channel. All you got to do is search Jevin, J E V E N, and it'll come up because he's the one and only Jevin, which is pretty awesome. The
1: only man. one I've found. Yeah. I mean, I've <laughs> come across a few Jevons in my lifetime, but very like random.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean this this year you kind of started you've you kind of became the drone guy almost by accident. Like some of your videos really just went viral. These amazing DJI Mavic tutorials. You did these really long form kind of exhaustive um, reviews and beginner guide videos, and you continued to do that this year with a couple of products. Um, but you've also done other uh, projects this year, going out traveling and doing these amazing films, uh, overlanding stuff. Hiking, you know, and kind of having really a filmmaking kind of storyline attached to these films, and then it gives you all this amazing b-roll to talk about um, in future videos as well. It's really been a a a goal of yours this whole year to kind of get out there and do as many of these as you could, and you ended up doing quite a few, and they turned out looking gorgeous. Um, Can you talk about kind of that transition and some of those ideas and those amazing projects you did this year, uh, traveling all over? mostly the West uh, west air, western areas of the United States
1: yeah I mean you know I've always wanted to do adventure and travel uh, if you look back in the history of my channel it actually started out as a travel vlog with me and my wife and we would just we had a year where we had buddy passes for United uh, my aunt's a, a flight attendant and so we would just jump on a plane and go travel that was kind of how I started my YouTube channel and it was like a creative outlet from my production company because my production company is completely separate than my YouTube. It's like two completely different niches and my uh, production company is just, it's very much, it gets repetitive. And so, you know, I I started YouTube as a creative outlet just to make vlogs and have fun. And then when the DJI Mavic 2, when the, oh no, it's the DJI Mavic Pro, when that first came out, I did videos around it. They exploded. It kind of sent me in the direction of doing like filmmaking Um, and like going down that rabbit hole and it's just kind of evolved over time and I've been doing less and less of the adventure and travel, but really right before the pandemic, um, I had an opportunity to go to Thailand and shoot a VR 180 project with YouTube. And I was like getting ready to start doing more of that kind of content. And then the pandemic hit, um, pretty much the same week that my daughter was born. So it was just kind of like, things compounded on top of each other where um, you know, it just you can't travel. I wasn't gonna travel anyways with a new baby. And um it's just, you know, a lot of things were happening at that time. But recently in the last year, I've been pushing to do more of these trips and get more into the kind of adventure storytelling that I want to do. Uh and finding a way to blend it with my current audience because just going out there and doing like a climbing film um isn't gonna be it's not going to, it's only going to hit a very small portion of my audience. Whereas if I go out and do a video around Mavic 3, that's mm-hmm. going to blow up on my channel. So I've been trying <laughs> yeah. to find a way to blend those two worlds. Did I lose audio again?
0: Your audio slowly started dying. Can we, how Why? about this? Why don't you switch to the, okay, I'm it's just going to leave this part in. So basically, uh, Jeffin's <laughs> mic is uh, battery powered. I think it's a phantom power or something, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, as we've been talking, it's like been slowly dying and getting weaker and weaker. Um... <laughs>
1: okay, switch it. I have to, You have to uh, stop recording and then we can do it.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so we've just now picked up recording again. Say hi, Jevin.
1: Hi, can you hear me better now?
0: Yes, yeah, so this is a great... Okay. What are we using right now as a microphone? Because this is actually a great little mini review.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this is the MacBook, the new MacBook Pro, 14-inch. I got the M1 Max. Um, yeah, you probably don't need the M1 Max, but it it, it works well.
0: Well, the, Apple says that the uh, new microphones are studio-level microphones, uh, in quotations. Um, so we're putting that to the test right now. Just great. be be weary of your, your hand motions and stuff. Cause those are the things that it picks up the best. <laughs> but, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh man. I'm so sorry about uh, all the hassle we've dealt with today. Um, we've had some technical problems. It's all right. So going okay. back, what Where I was saying, <laughs> I was just saying
1: in 2021, I've been trying to bridge that gap of, you know, doing the adventure stuff while, being able to still incorporate filmmaking, photography, you know, the tutorial stuff that I do all into one um, and then also being able to do it with, you know, a 21 month old and a new baby on the way. So it's uh, it's been an interesting year, but I think I've started to figure out the kind of content that I enjoy making and something that is kind of a hybrid of uh, what I was doing the last few years and where I want to go moving forward.
0: You know, we talk about it all the time in our phone calls uh, when we, you know, accidentally compare ourselves to other creators. And then we're like, oh, wait, hold on. This person we're talking about is like 10 years younger and they don't have any kids. They're not married. They have the ability to literally hustle like nonstop all day, every day. Um, that was, I was doing that when I was in my 20s. And that's what has allowed me to um, do this as a career in my 30s um but now that i'm a married man with kids like my priorities have shifted and that's totally fine like depending on what stage you're in in life um if you're getting advice from mr beast a 23 year old single guy with no kids like i mean he's got great advice in terms of what works on youtube but um if you're trying to emulate that work ethic and that type of lifestyle like you know i've chosen to be married with kids like it's a different yeah. uh, completely different story
1: it is. And I think that's one of the things that uh, like plagues a lot of creators is they start looking at these, what everyone else is doing. And everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different approach and a different time frame that they can do their content. in. some people have kids, some people are married, and some people are, you know, can go jump on a plane and fly out to across the world and go make some videos for the next month. And so it's tough because, like, as a creator, you have all these aspirations that you want to do. And it's figuring out, you know, where, where 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 does it make sense for me to do the kind of content that I want to do but also is enjoyable to watch for an audience and is also, like, just realistic. Um, and, yeah, if you're comparing yourself to the Mr. Beast of the world, the Airax, like, those guys are young and they're able to just, like, put all their time and effort and all their money into uh, making YouTube videos and they don't really have to, they don't have anything else that's they have to worry about. Um, whereas when you have a family and you have, you know, you have to be home, you can't just be gone all the time. Like, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta, oh, you gotta keep checking yourself and like take a step back and really just look at your situation and figure out where to like, where can you make content that makes sense? Uh, you know, with, with what kind of workload and what kind of family life you have.
0: Yeah, I've been real impressed with you like talking through your whole year, um, you know, just being able to hear what's going on in your life with um the Fit Life stuff and then with uh, you know, your YouTube stuff, but then also balancing time with with Jalen and your wife and stuff. I mean, it it's rough having all this stuff being self employed, but it's also really fulfilling and something that I, I miss a lot, you know, being able to do um, my own thing throughout the day, rather than working for someone else. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'll be there soon. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a balance for sure. Like there's ups and downs. Like I have a production company and with that production company, we get super busy. So in September, I think we shot 25 days. So like there's zero time to do YouTube. So I had to make a bunch of videos before that. And then had to get ready to start making videos again right after that period and i just knew during that you know month i wasn't able to really think about youtube uh and it it, you start approaching your your content different when you you know what limitations you have to work within Um, and that's why i didn't you know i've never like changed my channel and gone full into adventure filmmaking you know like that is almost a dream in a way But it doesn't make sense if I want to be consistent and I want to, um, you know, be able to upload content that has value. Um, You know, I, I still have that. I need to find that balance where I can do these stories and these adventure films, but not have to, you know, be gone every week on an adventure because they are very time consuming.
0: Yeah, and again, people in that particular niche, um if they're married, it's just two people living in a van often or um or they they are single, you know, people with no kids. So, um you don't see many family travel influencers. <laughs> they're see... out
1: there for sure. Um but for those of you who do have a family who don't like being on camera, don't worry, you can still do YouTube.
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean that's, you know, my wife was part of my channel at the beginning, we were doing the travel vlogging thing, and she didn't like it. So like, she stopped being on the channel, like she'll make an appearance here and there. But uh, in, you know, in reality, this is my thing. This is kind of my business that I've grown. Um, And so I treat it like that, like I I take off weekends now, and I just don't do YouTube on weekends, I might upload, but that's, you know, pre I upload it during the week, and then it releases. But I'm really trying to create this separation because my life isn't YouTube. And the issue is, I mean, I see a lot of creators out there that are getting burned out because their life becomes YouTube and you have to treat it like a business. You can't just do it 24 hours a day. 100%. Seven days a week.
0: <laughs> What's one of your favorite projects that you did uh, this year? If you could, if you can think back on, yeah. on I all mean, the films you did.
1: I mean, I think most recently, one of my favorites has been, um, I mean, there's been a few that have just been I've really enjoyed making. So I went up to Washington. I climbed Mount Shuksan, which was uh, it's a peak I've done before, uh, but I did it for with Insta 360. So I took their little go to camera and I filmed the entire adventure using the go to. So I, it was a great kind of exercise in limitation. Like I'm only using this little POV camera and I have to shoot a, a narrative that is interesting to watch. Um, The climb itself, I've already done it. So for me, it wasn't like a new adventure, but it was something that I kind of had uh, experience doing. Uh, So it was a little bit, I I chose that because of my knowledge of that mountain in the past. And I knew I could get some really cool footage, but it was a, it was a great kind of experiment to, to limit myself. Uh, In terms of new experiences, um, uh, you know, I went up to Alaska and took the Mavic 3 out for um to go get footage and i ended up you know hanging out with jake sloan for a week uh who's another awesome creator on this platform and the two of us just went and explored all these cool places of alaska i mean every day he took me to a new spot and we were just trying to capture amazing footage but at the same time we ended up on this crazy adventure where we had a ton of failures with like the drone failing software failing and just like it it ended up being a really cool story and a fun experience
0: i mean some of this footage that you got there um if you're watching the video you should be able to see it and i don't know if it's streaming well with this app that we're using jevin but uh in the recording it will be i mean some of these ice um almost sculptures if you will like they just look so going glacier
1: yeah Unreal. so that's a huge glacier up in alaska and we uh jake knows a friend who has a helicopter and so we basically got a private helicopter tour of all these mountains in alaska and she literally like pulled the helicopter right up to the glacier and we were able to fly drones all over it so i mean it's just a it's one of those experiences that was unexpected like we didn't we didn't know this was going to happen we knew that we were going to go hang out with um lee the helicopter pilot but then she's like let's go here let's go here let's go here and it was just it was an insane experience wow Uh,
0: yeah gorgeous stuff and you, you also had the uh, you had the Ronin, uh, or what's it called? The 4D or whatever. 4D. The DJI. Yeah, that as well. It was uh, cool.
1: I like that camera.
0: Yeah, I it's, mean, uh, I want to talk about all the gear stuff uh, when we get to that. But yeah.
1: Yeah, lots of new gear coming. Or lots of new gear that came this year. <laughs> we'll see when supply chain issues kind of, you know
0: yeah that's that was kind of the theme that was the theme of the year was 2021 was supply chain issues uh everything was backed up you know my dad ordered an a7s3 uh for his films that he's been working on it took four months for him to get it um if you ordered a cam like the c70 or the a7s3 last year when it first came out you're like lucky that you got all that because now it's like super backed up and ridiculous
1: yeah i mean i've i've looked at cameras like i was interested in getting an a1 for a while and then it was backed up and it ended up being to the point where i was like eh, i'll just stick with my a7s3
0: (laughs) probably a smart move
1: yeah i mean the a1's great i've used it on some shoots like i've rented it uh it would be a cool camera to have like 8k just like with me when i go to some of these places uh to get some good stock footage but
0: that's a good uh, point
1: yeah i don't i mean i don't need it a7s mark iii is like the ideal camera for what i do and you know like you're just kind of jumping into the the fomo with all these new cameras a lot of times and it's like <laughs> yeah you got to take a step back and look like gear is good now all the gear is good like it really is you can pick up any new camera nowadays and get amazing looking footage so it really comes down to uh you know focusing more on story and focusing more on uh you know what your audience wants to watch and that's you know, that's what I've been trying to figure out, like get away from just talking about gear and in 2022, like, I don't want to just sit around at my desk and do desk reviews anymore. I'm going to try to limit the amount of times I'm sitting here talking to camera. Like I want to go out and do stuff and tell stories from different adventures. So I think yes. just gears, you know, gears always going to be a topic. It's always gonna be something that we're interested in. Like what's new, what's unique about it, but I think the whole, like you know, gear evolving to the degree where every new camera was such a big release. Now it's like, well, every camera's good. So new releases just have different kind of yeah. things that you might want if you're specifically doing this one type of activity.
0: Yeah, it's it's getting more into the the niche uh, market now because all the baselines have been covered and everything has a flip screen on it, which is awesome. <laughs> there yep. was there was a period of time where it was like, why are you not putting a flip screen on it? And um, and then why is the autofocus so bad and like now all, almost everything has been fixed uh, from most manufacturers. Just um, not Panasonic except Panasonic with the <laughs> autofocus. <laughs> so bummed. I, I
1: was a Panasonic user for years and I switched over to team Sony this year. Now I'm like all in on Sony.
0: It, let's start let's start there. That's one of the topics that I want to talk about today. Uh, 2021 for Jevendovi was the year of Sony. Um, of first off, there, there's two there's two aspects to this. I know we talked about it um, privately before. One is obviously the technology of the Sony cameras is incredible, top notch. But two, mm-hmm. the way that Sony treats their creators and the way that they kind of interact with creators is so much better than all the other companies. And I wish other companies would kind of take note um, yep. and start to listen to what people are wanting. I feel like Sony has actually served a lot of the requests that people have had, especially with um, those kind of lower end cameras like the ZV-1 and the ZV-E10, which are like totally just dedicated YouTuber cameras, really. Um, It's pretty exciting. How was your year of Sony? It's
1: been great. I mean, the a7S III is like the, like I said, it's the ideal camera for what I do. It's a camera that you can take anywhere, get low light footage and, you know, But the lenses that I've chosen, it's a small lightweight kit. Um, But it's, you know, Sony has really kind of made a camera for every user. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I don't really work with Sony yet. I've had some conversations with them, but like, you know, my relationship with Sony is they brought me to camera camp. um, What was that, 2019? Uh, I was a Panasonic user back then. And, you know, I got to play with all the cameras then. And when the a7S III came out, I bought that. I went to, they actually loaned me one at first. I shot a film on that, which that experience using that the camera, I was like, all right, great, I'm going to switch this. Like, this camera's awesome. Yeah, um, It was just a loaner, and then I went out and bought two of them, uh, and then all the Sony lenses and everything else. So now I'm fully into the Sony's ecosystem.
0: That's kind of the intimidating thing for a lot of people um, who are coming from a whole nother system is obviously, like, if you really want to get the full... Um, potential out of it you do need to make a full switch and yep. um you don't want to mix and match cameras because the sensors are different the color science is different it's a pain in the butt to try to like color match things um so if you're using multiple cameras like you do often you kind of yep. need to get at least two if not three or four well, <laughs> especially for I the have... multi-cam stuff you do
1: i was gonna say i have five now but i have two <laughs> a7s3s and three fx6s
0: wow and yeah. you didn't opt for the FX3. Why not? A lot of people went with that one. It's, it's they call it a cinema camera. It's not
1: really a cinema camera. You don't have time code um, and which is like a huge thing for multicam productions. And also it's there's no um, shutter angle. Like what a weird thing to have a cinema camera with no shutter angle. Uh, it's just yeah. because it's so much more useful when you have like these different things that are more built towards cinema like Mm -hmm. indie filters built in and having a body with all the buttons on it. Like the FX three is great. I used it to make uh, a short film earlier this year. Camera works great, but when I'm out, you know, outside in bright sunlight, I like having an EVF. So like if they would have had, instead of a top handle, a second attachment, that was an EVF, I would switch. Um, but the EVF is huge in my world. Um, yeah I mean so, and the
0: EVF in the a7s3 is like top notch it's like one of the best EVS yeah. EVFs on the market um and then yeah. the FX6 I mean, for you has has served you well as a cinema yeah camera. I mean the FX6 I don't I haven't really talked about it much
1: on my channel but I I have three of them and I use them for every shoot for my production company um and then if I need extra cameras the a7s3s you know matches up perfectly uh but having those cameras you know it just it's an easier camera to use on set I pull it out of the box i put on the lens i can start shooting i don't have to put these huge cages and everything around it i don't have to build it out with extra batteries the the batteries on a cinema camera last a lot longer so i have uh, bpu 90s and i use one or two of them a day and i'm good Um, wow
0: that's awesome it it's just
1: it's a different experience when you get into that kind of cinema world where you have all the features that you need on a camera body um I used FX9s for a while, like I rented them and played around with them and they had too much. I didn't need all that. Whereas the FX6 yeah. is the kind of the perfect happy medium. Um and then you you know, when you try to do three A7S3s or three FX sixes and you don't have time code, you end up it just becomes a mess. So um the FX six, it was like the perfect camera uh for my production company. Now I don't really use it for my YouTube channel. But if I do have a bigger project where it makes sense to have it, yeah, I'll probably bring it. Because having the built-in indie filters is huge. Like Stony would have. It's, it's small quit...
0: too. It's not it's not oh, yeah, terribly it's great. big.
1: It it reminds me of like the DVX one hundred days. Back yeah. when uh <laughs> when I first started
0: DV- making films in college. <laughs> DVX one hundred, let's look that up.
1: Do you guys remember oh that camera? Or the yeah. like, the Canon XL two or whatever? Uh-huh. It's that like documentary. Size camera, it's perfect. Uh, The XL
0: two had that kind of like the white thing that kind of like went up uh, and at an angle. Isn't there that? There's that one picture of you uh, with the Blackmagic camera. But that was a built out
1: Blackmagic. Is it still online?
0: I can't find it. Nothing is gone from online. It's gone. It's gone. It's got to be somewhere. There it is. Why is that? Oh, there it is. That's like an early. uh, (laughs) That's like a a very one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, dude, look at that setup. Fit like Black Magic
1: two point five K with the what was it? Alpha Tron. Alpha that's right.
0: The EVS. And then I
1: I used the... the whole wood it was like a I forgot what the brand was, but it's a wood shoulder rig to balance oh. the camera so that it balanced perfectly on your shoulder.
0: <laughs> I had that same camera. The color science on that camera was awesome.
1: Oh I love it. I wish they would have kept that color science and then made new cameras that were four K and whatever, but I mean yeah. all cameras you can match nowadays are changed with the bit rates and raw and everything so it doesn't really matter
0: yeah i mean bang for buck black magic is still like the best in terms of if you want just the best image quality for a cheap price go yep. with the black magic camera um it's not even about image quality anymore though because like you know i'm on the c70 i love the autofocus i love the color uh yeah. the size and the canon ecosystem that my cousins you know have all these lenses so that's why I stuck with Canon this year. Um, however, you know, I may end up picking up an a 7s S three, uh, for myself this year now that I'm going yep. freelance.
1: So what about the a seven four that just came out?
0: Yeah. I, I like that. I just, I like the low light on the, yeah. on the S and some of the video I mean, features.
1: It, the, the a seven four probably still has decent low light. <laughs> I haven't had to been able to test one yet. I just, I'm a little frustrated that it's crops in on 4k 60. And that's like, that bugs me because like, I want to have full frame mm-hmm. on that 4K 60. Cause I use slow motion a lot. Um, and so for me, that would be a limitation uh, that like, it would just get, it gets frustrating. That's one thing with the S what was it S five from Panasonic. That one did the same thing oh. where it crops in on 4K 60. And I'm like, well, this it's frustrating cause you have a lens on there. Say you're using like the 35. Well, if you want to shoot 4K 60, you also now have a 50 and it's yeah. just like you're constantly thinking about that um
0: i'm sure i'm sure they're gonna sell a crap ton of those cameras it's a good price oh yeah. for what it does um but you know it's a luxury to go up to the s3 um yep. i guess um but that's a luxury that i i i feel like as a, a very you know as a professional I a a lot of those things i need like the yep. 4k 60 and the no overheating and all that stuff so
1: yeah i've noticed i've saw on twitter a lot of people are talking about you know, when the screen is on the camera, it overheats, um, Yeah, which it's, you know, it's going back to like issues with previous cameras that we had and mm-hmm. the A7S III, I've gotten the overexpose or the over overheating warning to come up, but I've never had the camera shut off. So I've yeah. had some shoots where I've had to use my A7S III instead of my FX6, um, on some of my like productions and we'd be running it for 10 hours wow. and I'd have that overheating coming up and it would be up for like an hour and it still wouldn't overheat and shut down, so. Oh, wow, that's you know, amazing. Like, I've seen this camera perform in ways where I'm like, it's looking like it's gonna shut down, but it, it doesn't. So, you know, everything I've thrown at it, this camera's been pretty amazing.
0: Have you enjoyed the switch in terms of the lenses and the lens lineup from Sony? Um, you yeah. had a huge investment in Micro Four Thirds lenses. Um, yep, big investment. But you've completely switched over. <laughs> yeah, how you yeah. you like the...
1: that? There's a few lenses that I really like from Sony's lineup, Um, the 28 to 135 cinema lens. I know it's not a super popular lens for like Mm. the creator world, but that it's just a great lens for like documentary and like run and gun. Uh, It's expensive. It's big, uh, but using that with an FX6 but for in terms of like my adventure stuff that I do and my YouTube channel I basically bought the whole lineup of 18s. So the 20mm 18 is my go-to vlog lens. 35mm 18 is like my favorite just B-roll lens, same with the 85 um, I have the 55 and it's frustrating because there's no manual autofocus on the lens itself. So I think I might switch up to the G Master for that, the 14. Oh, um, the 50 yeah the 50s yeah. just that's infuriating had not having a switch on the lens i'm like why <laughs> is there no switch on the lens uh, and it's one of those things like you don't know until you use a g- piece of gear for a while like i am like this lens is, works great i like the focal length i like the you know the 1.8's fine i don't need a faster lens but like yeah i struggle when i'm like switching between auto and manual because i do that a lot of times depending on what i'm shooting especially gimbal work um so you know that's one but then for <laughs> zoom lenses, I have 16 to 35, which I rarely use my 24 to 105, which is kind of a good all around lens. And then a 70 to 200, which I rarely used.
0: Why did you get those? If you don't, I mean, it, it's nice to have, I I would them. Use have them, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's shoots where I bring them and they do come in, in handy, but like a lot of times I'm going out of a backpack. And so the one eights are tiny. They fit in the backpack. I don't mind using primes. I actually like the limitations because it forces me to like move and be more creative with how I'm interacting with my space rather than just zooming in a lens. So I'm making more conscious decisions on what I'm filming and what lens I'm using.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I think most people are envious about uh, in terms of Sony versus all the other companies mirrorless lineup is Sony's been so ahead of the game in terms of, um, you know, optics they've been doing this a this a series alpha series for a while so the whole you know there's some great third party options as well the tamron 28 to 75 28 um is mm-hmm. a fabulous lens as well it's small and lightweight they have a, a wide now like a 17 to 28 and then a i think like a 50 to 100 or something so there's some great third party options whereas like canon's rf lineup is just like super lackluster you've got the the trifecta of wide medium tight you know zoom lenses and a couple of nice primes but they're super big, they're overpriced, and there's no third party options really. Yeah. Um,
1: I think this is where Sony really excels. I mean beyond having tons of different camera options, but you have, you know, the fast lenses if you want that super shallow depth of field or you need it below light. But then you have those the medium, the one or the what is it, two fives, those little tiny lenses. Um, you have like these different ranges and so like depending on the style you shoot the weight that you want to carry and like what you need in terms of zoom primes they basically have everything and then like you're saying third party there's just everything adapts to sony so there's a lot of options
0: yeah i mean micro four thirds would probably be the other close second in terms of good lens lineups but i just uh i unfortunately don't see that being as much of a solution anymore i know olympus has a new camera coming out um hopefully this year that'll be decent um and then of course the gh6 which is highly anticipated was announced <laughs> it was announced when is that camera coming <laughs> i don't know uh, uh i don't know if they announced an actual release date but the gh52 5 yeah. came out this year and the announcement of the gh6 which is a 5.6 7k 60p video camera with 10-bit, 4K 120, um, $2,500, which is it's the same the, as the A7 IV. So, you know. It's
1: the camera that we were waiting for with the GH5, but then we just kept waiting and waiting. And then Sony <laughs> kind of came out and just, you know, released all these cameras in the same yeah. in this time period. Uh, and like the, when the... I was, I, I did a video with Panasonic on the S5 and when I remember when I was talking to the the Panasonic rep, they're like, the GH6 is coming, and, you know, like, get excited. And I'm like, how long has that been now since the S5 release?
0: <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a while. And, and the size advantage isn't as much of a thing anymore either. Like, Sony, nope. like you were just saying, those, those 1.8 primes that you use... Are literally the exact same size as the olympus pro uh primes that we both owned and used with the em1 uh series yeah. so and those
1: the primes on olympus were heavy the pan the sony ones the yeah. one eights are light so like you actually are getting carrying less with the sony and all their it's bodies a full are frame
0: sensor <laughs> the sensors yeah. four times bigger it's nuts
1: <laughs> it's nuts uh it's just there's no competition at this point like i think you could kind of pick your company like if you want to work with Canon glass and Canon lenses, like obviously you're gonna stick with Canon or there's Sony. I just don't you know, I guess maybe some other ones are Fuji. Nikon
0: I mean there's a couple of Nikon fanboys out there and obviously the new Nikon Z nine which was announced um looks really promising but uh it's Nikon. Like it's it's just not they're just not there in terms of ecosystem and uh you if you're a freelance shooter Buy a Sony camera because most people in your town probably are shooting on Sony. So, like, yep. if you buy a Nikon and you show up to, on set, it's like, I'll bring my gear. It's like, what do you, no, we don't want you to use that. <laughs> you know, like,
1: well, it's uh, interesting. Like, I, like you were saying earlier, Sony has really, uh, you know, they're making cameras for creators. They're actually listening to what we need, you know, all different parts of, you know, a creator, all different types of creators. Whereas, like, Nikon, I feel like, uh, it's just I don't feel like they're really understanding what creators need, and I'm not talking mm-hmm. just like YouTube creators. I'm talking about filmmakers, all the way from filmmakers down to people who are shooting themselves in you know the room, just doing this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, you look at Nikon's lineup, and there's just features missing um, that are like kind of essential. And you know, their lens light up is not. It's getting better. Um, like I when I did a, a project with Nikon. They had a set of one eights that were small and lightweight and they're actually all the exact same size um yeah and i I actually enjoyed working with the nikon i just wish i had a flip screen because i do vlog style content when i'm out i need to i don't need to see myself but it it is nice like i'd rather choose a camera that has a flip screen
0: it's got this little side flip thing going on it's it's it just proves that they're making it for photographers and journalists and whatever but it has some great video features on it: uh, 8K uh, 30p, 4K 120, 10 bit. I think it's also doing ProRes RAW internal. Is that right? I think that I think was so. one of the big selling points. It's doing ProRes. Um, I think another big. Cool.
1: Dis- I was going to say another big distinction, though, is like Sony is actually having a conversation directly with creators. Like coming from m- my side of things, where I, like, I actually talk to these camera brands. Like Nikon, they contact me through a PR company who doesn't really understand what I do. And it's just kind of trying to get a camera in my hands and get me to promote it on my channel. Whereas yeah. Sony, I'll, like recently I've been having conversations with Sony more directly. And they'll call me up and just chat and just be like, what are you into? What are you working on right now? Um, is there any way that we can work together that we can help you make the content you want to make? So it's a very different uh, relationship. And this totally. is something that I've been kind of... St- you know i've been moving away from working with companies that just want straight promotion on my channel um because mm-hmm. there are those companies that they just reach out and they're like can you put a video on your channel about these filters and i'm like no i don't want to just put a video on my channel about your filters like that that's not very exciting for me um you know it's it's not something i personally want to do i don't just want to be a marketing tool for these companies whereas like someone like insta360 They'll be like, what kind of video do you want to make? I'm like, I want to make a climbing film. They're like, great. So let's, we want to promote the go-to. So how can we make this work? And then I come up with a pitch, pitch them and they, you know, will sponsor it. Um, So there are companies out there that are really focused on creator first and focusing on like what the creator wants to do versus like just getting their product in front of that creator's audience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that you've, been working on this year i mean you just talked about it but yeah. figuring out ways to essentially get these companies to sponsor a film so that you can actually go do your passion which is these amazing travel films and do these crazy uh, experiences and um yeah. it's awesome that you can actually kind of figure out ways to bankroll that to where it makes sense to actually go on a trip they get all this amazing footage of not a guy just in his basement uh on a behind a desk, you're actually going out and using the product. Yeah, there it yeah. is, the Mavic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mavic three. Uh yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of how I'm approaching you know gear reviews moving forward is like how can I how can I build a relationship with a company of a product that uh I'm interested in or something that I actually use and show it in real world settings. Because you know in the long term, those kind of videos uh, show more benefits, like me sitting here talking about a product and being like, oh, it has 5.1 K. It looks good. Like it's not gonna do, you know, that's not really, that's not gonna help move the needle with sales. It might, but if I'm like, Hey, I, you know, here's how I actually use this drone and this is something that I actually stand behind. Well, yeah, that more people are gonna be, it's more of a, um, an honest review. Even if it's sponsored, I, I don't wanna take on sponsorships. And just be promoting things that are like, um, you know, things that I wouldn't actually promote, you know, if there wasn't money behind it. So if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we don't have to get too much into it, but you've been uh, creating some courses on Skillshare and seeing Mm -hmm. some real success with that as a alternate way to, you know, just another stream of income. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I've been trying to figure out ways to not be focused on sponsorships and only take on ones where it's like, you know, if somebody comes, say if Sony wanted to do a sponsorship with me on my channel, why are you Sony? And that'd be a perfect partnership. Um, one I'm working on right now is with goal zero. So they, I use their big, um, 1500 X battery in my overland rig. Um, Hmm. and we're working together on a sponsorship. I just drove through death Valley, uh, on this big trip. I just got back from it. And their battery is what I used to power my vehicle when I wasn't, you know, driving. And so yeah. it's like a perfect bridge where like they sponsored the video so I could go do this trip. Um, and I, it's natural for me to talk about it because it's a product that I'm already using. So it's kind of like the perfect combination. Even though it's a sponsorship, I would yeah. still do content around this product. Totally.
0: Just um, changing gears to products. Unless you want... Were you about to talk about something else? Sorry.
1: Um, I mean this death valley video my jeep broke that was fun
0: <laughs> yes tell us about that because it's a, quite a dramatic um situation tell us the well, story like, in a nutshell it's nice nuts.
1: i feel like all my videos recently that are like the adventure films have been like something bad happens and it's something <laughs> bad has happened every time it's i'm not making these stories up it's like okay well this did happen great now we have a storyline um, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately but at the same time when you take a step back those end up making better videos uh well what but yeah, yeah my, what, my what was my the latest brakes... uh, bad happening <laughs> yeah my brake rotor broke on my one of my my tires and so i couldn't drive my car i was 40 miles into death valley um you know just in the middle of nowhere now so that was fun where it was like <laughs> the sun had just set my brake rotor was broken we're pulling my tire off and like we're trying to figure out what the clunking sound is and then, like, I found that my brakes were broken, but also, you know, I was missing a sway bar nut, and then my rim was cracked. Like, there was a lot oh of things goodness. broken. Uh, and so, and we were nowhere near town, so we had to, we got my Jeep to some hot springs, camped there for the night, and then we got it out. Um, my Jeep is just in the shop now. But, like, yeah, these things, That's you know, fun. going on adventures, it's just, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun, but there is stuff that happens
0: (laughs) thankfully there's guys uh out there with with tow trucks that are literally there for people like you right like it ended up working out but it worked out it was a little bit of a headache i'm sure but But yeah i I mean if you want to
1: go to these cool places and film like there is that danger you know climbing a mountain isn't the safest activity Overlanding through death valley isn't necessarily the safest activity so you just got to kind of way what kind of risks you're willing to take.
0: Totally. Um,
1: but well, let's switch to some gear.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on um, some of the things that came out this year in 2021, uh, starting off with the Rode Wireless Go 2. I know that you ended up picking up one of those and yeah. may have been replaced with another product uh, that we can get to. Yeah. But I personally bought two sets, so I have four of them, um, and I was using them almost on a weekly basis at my job. And for half the year, they were great. And then the second half, I ended up having some issues. I don't know if I ever talked to you about it, but Mm -mm. a couple of them started having popping sounds um, just like sporadically. And then one in particular, like would do this weird robotic sound effect or something. It almost sounded like there was like a radio interference, but I don't know if it was radio interference from another person, like a pilot or a, a police officer, but... It was like the weirdest thing. So I actually need to send both sets in the road to get, uh, repaired because I've had some issues with them. I don't trust them. So that's my question, but
1: question for you. Uh, was that on the backup recording?
0: Yes. The robotic sound effect was on the, the backup recording and the pops as well. So I'm like, what's the point of the backup if it's just recording? Like Hmm. I was assuming all that was just radio interference. Um, I went into the recording and it's there. So I have proof to send a road when, you know, when I send it in for them to listen to what was going on with it. But, you know, I haven't heard anybody really complain about it. Like my experience, maybe I just got some, some bad ones or I beat them to the ground too much, but you know, you, 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 I think you used yours for essentially half the year, right?
1: Yeah. I think they're, they're a great tool. Um, I've also had issues But mine were different. My, I've had corruption issues with backup files, um, which was very unfortunate because the backup file got corrupted and then the file that was recorded to camera, I also had issues because of interference. So it was Mm -hmm. like two things happening at the same time. Uh, and I lost the audio for something that I thought I had a backup for. So, Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, I've had issues, um, they're not a perfect tool and You know, long term, they do have an internal battery, so who knows how long they'll actually last. Um, But
0: I think you and I are using them in a very rugged, professional way. Oh, I heard that. (laughs) You okay? Hold on.
1: Spilled coffee on my
0: computer. Are you serious? (laughs) Oh my gosh. If you need to turn off, um, seriously, if you need to turn your computer off, it's not a lot. This has been a pretty eventful uh, podcast for
1: you. Yeah, nothing like uh, dropping coffee on a $5,000 computer. Do you have AppleCare on it? I do.
0: <clears throat> there you go.
1: Always buy AppleCare.
0: <sighs> oh, yeah. Especially on portable things that you can yeah. drop This is why spill things on.
1: I liked having the 13-inch M1 that was like a base model because, like, I didn't care as much. Now with, like, <laughs> a $5,000 machine, like have to be I mean but hey the microphones
0: sound great <laughs> It'd be great
1: so. yeah I mean the computer's great I just finished uh a DJI mavic 3 beginner's guide like I put that mm-hmm. up on Christmas it hour and 24 minutes long and every shot is color graded every shot is 10 bit four two two every shot has graphics and multiple layers and like the computer just like chewed through the footage I didn't have to proxy anything I didn't have to um, yeah you know, I didn't have to do anything besides drop the footage on and start editing. It was amazing.
0: Well, I'm sitting here with, I think an identical machine. I don't know if you, did you max it out all the way?
1: Yeah. Pretty much. So a four terabyte hard drive. So everything else is maxed out.
0: Yeah. So I have the 16 inch, but everything's maxed out and I can, I, I agree. It's been nuts, but it's a little overkill, honestly. Like I don't even think I'm tapping the potential of it. Um, yeah, but I'm,
1: I was curious if this project would have worked on the pro model. So I'm, I'm considering buying the base model, like the one under the max, um, and just doing some side-by-side editings with like these projects that are super long and lots of graphics. Um, I think think it'd be interesting to see. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, it's important. Yeah. I think you should try it because if it's the same or very marginal, then you could actually make money selling your used laptop now, because they're so backordered. I think if you were to configure a maxed out version, I think you're looking at March or April uh, wow. to get it. So I've noticed they're selling for about $500 more than they're worth new, just because people want them now, you know? Yeah. So I mean, I've been I'm considering- glad I got
1: one, so.
0: I've been considering selling this and going to a base model just to save $1,000, <laughs> but- I'm kind of like, eh, I I may just hold on to it because it's going to last me five years if I just hold on to it, you know?
1: Yeah, and if you don't drop coffee on it.
0: <laughs> Although I got silver because my cousins required it because mm-hmm. their brand is a little bit more light and airy and not masculine and space gray. And that that's the main thing. I'm like, I don't like the silver. I want the space gray. <laughs> it's so space gray is nice. It's so dumb that I would consider selling this laptop just because i don't like the color but that's where i'm at cuz i'm superficial um they really need to
1: come out with like a matte black oh my god space yeah. gray
0: well that's what dbrand is for they do have a really nice matte black i guess where were we we were talking about the wireless go and you know one thing that i think is interesting to note about the wireless go 2 is it sort of like the original wireless go version 1 was so revolutionary it was really kind of the first 2.4 gigahertz bluetooth tiny little thing um with the built-in microphone and then it just like it literally that was the first one and then every random chinese manufacturer you could imagine emulated that and then all of a sudden now there's like a hundred of those tiny little uh microphones and then the wireless go 2 came out and that was like oh there's two now on the left and right stereo uh recording i think there were a couple that were already doing that before the road um, but once that happened, then again, all these Chinese manufacturers like are doing left, right, t- dual, tiny little things. Um, which is good. Like competition is good. Um, you don't have to spend the extra100 dollars for the road version. There are great um, knockoff brands I've seen some reviews of. But when it comes to like professional on a shoot, you know, a $20,000 uh, production, Or in my case even with amy and jordan um we're doing these courses like i have to like i literally have to make sure that my audio is good because we will not ever be able to reshoot this thing i was relying on these all year and they failed me a handful of times and for 2022 i'm considering maybe just ponying up and and spending five six hundred dollars on some sort of like high quality professional wireless system because i do not want to deal with kind of the headaches of these things crapping out on me all the time. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's important. Like I wouldn't use the road wireless go on my production, like my production company shoots. They just like the, you, there is that kind of factor of like, well, things could go wrong with it. Like I've used it in settings where I'm just running gun quick. Um, but you know, we always hire on a sound guy with like professional level equipment. Um, because it is important. Like you need to trust your equipment and, um, you know, I've had a like I've had my issues with the Road Ghost as well. So like I can't trust it fully. For making YouTube videos for the majority of what I shoot, um, that's not for my production company, like yeah, they, they work fine. They're but, super
0: convenient. Uh, yeah, they're they very are. convenient. They're so
1: small. However, DJI came out with their own version that's exactly. even more convenient and that comes with a charging case.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about that. That's one of the products that came out this year. It came out kind of alongside the 4D, I think, in the in the Mavic yep. 3. And um, nobody
1: was really talking about it. So it was released, but they didn't really get the product in creators' hands. So people mm-hmm. weren't really making videos. Um, you know, DJI reached out to me and they're like, hey, we got this mic, you know, like a few weeks later. And they're like, do you want to do a video on it? Um, and I was like, I'd love to just test them out. So I went and played around with them. And i like, these are great. These are everything the Rode... Wireless go to like all the things I wanted out of that. Um, because you know, you have a charging case, charging case is great. Uh, you have the ability to, you have a touch screen on the device itself. So you're yeah. not having to use like button clicks and you can actually see everything on this touch screen and the screen actually faces you. So instead of being up on top of the, the receiver, it's on the side or on the front and back. And you can yeah. rotate it so if you're behind camera you can see it if you're in front of camera you can rotate it and see it uh, and then finally uh when you bring it onto your computer you can just grab all the files and drag them over you don't have to go through and export one at a time which i know Rode did fix They but just you fixed still that. have yeah to. they did <laughs> but you you still have to go through their software and export it whereas the dji oh, okay. mic pops up as a folder and you just drag them over
0: so There's a reason. There's a legal reason why, and I'm I am speculating here. I posted a tweet about it when the Rode Wireless Go 2s came out, uh, Mm -hmm. and Curtis Judd responded and confirmed my suspicion. But there's a company you know the name of it, right? There's a company that Zaxcom. They own this patent that has plagued uh, the filmmaking audio community for years. Basically, it (laughs) makes complete sense. Like, why wouldn't a wireless pack? a wireless lavalier pack, like even before the Wireless Go existed, why wouldn't there be the ability to record a backup locally? That just makes total sense. Like, obviously, there's no interference. Uh, You could just use a tiny little micro SD card, or even 10 years ago, you could have used an SD or even a CF card. It doesn't matter. Why wouldn't some company come up with that? It's because this freaking company owns a patent on it, and nobody has been able to do it.
1: It's like a 20 year patent or something. I mean, we've, you know, with our production company, we've worked with Zaxcom wireless in the past when we worked with audio guys and it's, you know, we would use those because of the backup recording. Um, I shoot a lot of fitness and like people would be sweaty. We'd have transmission issues. So it like always saved us, but everyone else can't use that because of this patent. And companies would try, but they would charge so much for the license to use it that companies would just say, screw it. And so I think what happened with Rode is they found a workaround and now that they're doing that, other companies are challenging just because like a company like DJI is so big, they can just challenge the, you know, if the Zaxcom comes after them, which I don't Mm -hmm. even know if they can because it's a Chinese company versus a Zaxcom, which I think is a US company. Yeah. I don't know off the top of my head, but.
0: Well, uh, so like, just for reference guys, like a Zaxcom pack is like $1,500, $2,000 each. The issue is
1: Zaxcom are very, uh, they're not easy to use. So like if you try to buy a system, I've priced it out before because I've, we've had this issue where we need backup recordings. And if you want like a full system for like one or two with some, you know, backups, it's like $11,000 to get all the pieces that you need. And it just doesn't make sense with how it all works. Like, it's just not a simple system. It's geared towards professional audio users, which is great if you're working on feature films. But if you're someone who's like documentary run and gun and you just need backup recording when you're doing something out in the field, well, like their system doesn't make sense or it's, you know, too expensive.
0: And it's a total like screw you too, because they can, they own the patent. So they charge $3,000 per unit because they can. And it's like, Hey, Hey Hollywood, guess what? I know you need this. Uh, We're going to charge you an arm and a leg. I mean, I'm sure they don't sell a lot of units, it's really unfortunate business decision. They probably could have been a leader in the community if they actually were smart and made consumer level versions of this. Um, yep. But whatever. Rode challenged uh, them with the Wireless Go Two, and the workaround I think was that software. The fact that you had to export it from their software kind of made it, you know, probably a loophole around their their patent. Curtis Judd, uh, you know, the sound expert on YouTube, he confirmed that suspicion on Twitter with me. And like you said, DJI now basically is, I think probably infringing on their patent because it's probably. literally saving directly to the device. You plug it in and it's as if you're using a memory card. Or maybe the loophole is the fact that it's internal memory and you can't, and maybe the loophole is the fact that the other one is um, using removable memory, like an SD card. Yep. Um, but all that to be, you know, all that being said, as of right now, the dji mic seems to be the best kind of all around if you want a cheap consumer level tiny little lavalier kit because it's got that charging case it's got the screen like you said and the ease of use but have you used it extensively enough to confirm or deny whether or not it's giving you some of the same issues you had with the road um in terms of dropouts and interference or you just haven't had enough time with it yet
1: I mean, I haven't had enough time with it. I mean, if you're watching the video, it's it's right here. Look how small this is. I mean, this is amazing. Um, but I haven't had any of the same issues. But I, like I said, I've only used it, um, you know, for a few weeks now. But I have used it on basically every video uh, recently. And you know, the audio straight out of it, uh, it's a little bit muffled. Like you do a little EQ to it, and it sounds great. Um, I did a video on the DJI mic. Uh, it's actually performing super well. I was I was surprised that that video performed as well as it did. Um, but a lot of people are like, oh, that audio sounds bad. Why didn't you EQ it? And I was like, well, because I want you to hear what it actually sounds like out of the mic. And yes, if you do a little EQ, you can make it sound good. Um, I use Accusonus and I, there's like an auto EQ feature and you put a little, you know, you play with it a little bit and you can make the mic sound great. Um, so I'm happy with it uh just for the ease of use and like the ability to have that backup recording. Um, you know, if you scroll towards like the end of that video, you'll see I'm like or like, you know, I, I did a lot where I was um really far away from the camera. So I'd be like on one ridge line and I would walk all the way to another ridge line and most of the time it would stay connected, but having that backup recording just helps if there is dropouts.
0: Uh, ah yeah. sanctuary, uh I miss it. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: San Clemente is amazing.
0: <laughs> I love that pier right there. Um, and that train that goes by there's that, have you been to that? Um, there's that restaurant on the pier there, the, uh, fishermen something or rather. Yeah. Um, that's a cool little spot. The clam I mean, chowder a, is
1: excellent yeah. there. San Clemente is such a hidden gem. So mm-hmm. it's part of orange County, which you think orange County, you think super busy, you think overpopulated, but San Clemente has kept to like that small town vibe and they really, there's nowhere to expand because you have Camp Pendleton to the south. Um, and then you have like natural wilderness area to the east. And then, um, there's really nowhere to, to build north. So it's like, basically there's not a lot of land left, but it still feels like a small town and there's tons of beaches, some of the best surfing in California. I mean, it's, it's insane.
0: I mean, you know, I I was lived in Laguna Niguel for two years and, um, that's pretty close and Dana yeah. point look at I mean, it's gorgeous. It's so a nice those little are pocket the... down here.
1: Like you yeah. have, uh, San Juan Capistrano, Dana point and San Clemente. And like, mm. it's doesn't feel like the rest of Orange County.
0: No, I loved it. And if it's very mm. family friendly, if it's safe, it's uh, a good environment. It's yep. also expensive as heck now. Um, it's crazy.
1: My house value like skyrocketed after we moved in, like we bought in San Clemente, you know, For what we paid for a big house here we would have gotten a one bedroom two bedroom apartment in la at the time and then the prices just exploded so like we moved at the perfect time before everyone rushed out of la it was like you
0: got you got the perfect size home too because you may not have realized it but you were gonna you know now you're having another child so like the fact that you made room for that already is awesome you don't have to move
1: yeah i mean it's wild we have uh five bedroom, but one of my the bedrooms is this my office, and then you know our master bedroom, and then the two kids' rooms that's great, so that's, oh yeah, and then my wife has an office, so yeah, we have five bedrooms <laughs> I was like, where's that fifth one? oh yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean five bedroom the same here I mean I'm in a five bedroom rental right now, yeah. but these I know these only sell for i think like four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so a five yeah. bedroom in Nashville is four hundred thousand. Well it's but.
1: it's crazy. In California, um you can't even find anything in like the eight, nine hundred range anymore, like in Orange County. Like you could ridiculous. a yeah. year ago, but now it's like you're spending over a million just for anything. It's wild.
0: Yeah. Everybody's everybody who's from LA or Northern California, they're all either going out of the state or going into Orange County. <laughs> Yeah. It's all the people
1: that can't leave the state or that want to, you know, live by the beach still, they're moving south. Yeah. So we've, you know, when we were looking in our neighborhood, there was tons of inventory. There was a lot of options. And now there's like a couple houses available and we keep seeing people from San Francisco um, mm. come and buy. And like to That's them, it's a, it's a deal. Um, even though the <laughs> yeah. prices are high, like they're super high for us. We couldn't buy here now, but um you know, it's a deal for people coming from San Fran and some of these, you know, really expensive areas.
0: All right, let's bang through some of these other things here. The Ronin 4D. Um, that's, that was like when that camera gimbal came out for me, that was the only time all year that I was, I don't want to use the word jealous, but I was like missing being a YouTuber. Cause that is such a thing that I would love to make a video about my, mm-hmm my mind just exploded with the possibility of the creativity to me i see it as sort of like a a shift in technology like we had you know going from a steady cam to a gimbal and you know the t- the kind of technological leap that we went to when the, the original movie came out with vincent laforay and kind of that whole wave of gimbals now in my opinion this is sort of like the next level Uh, from DJI combining combining, um, LiDAR technology with a camera mounted onto the gimbal itself. This is real exciting because if we see more of this type of stuff from DJI in the future, um, it could really change the whole game because now you're not having to mount cameras on the gimbal. The the gimbal is the camera. It's pretty cool.
1: It's a cool system. Like I had a chance to take it, well, I had it with me one day in Alaska, but then I had a chance to take it to Utah Uh, when I was overlanding and I used it in that setting and it is bigger. It is kind of bulky. It's like a kind of just, it's like the size of a toaster, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, I, you know, is, I think it's an amazing camera to use. Uh, There's just so much possibility with it and the footage is so smooth. And like the, the ProRes that I was using out of it could grade super easily. And it just looks, looks nice. Uh, You know, like when I was out shooting with it, I was like, is this this too big? Is it too bulky? Is there too much going on? And then when I had to send it back to DJI, I switched back to my A7S III with my RS2, and I have a whole tilt-a-ring setup for it. And I realized that the Ronin 4D just simplifies it. So with my RS2 setup, I'm constantly dealing with balancing the camera, and then I have to turn on the camera, I have to turn on the gimbal, I have to turn on the ring, because it's not a DJI ring, it's a... third third party. So I have four different buttons that I have to turn on. And then the bigger monitor is another button. So it ends up being five. So I'm constantly thinking about five different things. Are they powered on? Is memory clear? Do I have enough battery? And I realized that like the 4D is just so simple. Like you turn it on, you have this big touchscreen. It takes a little bit to power up, but you know, 15 seconds and then you can yeah. start filming. Uh, so like I, you know, when I was returning the 4D, d I was thinking about, it, I was like, would I actually buy one of these? I wasn't sure. But then after going back, I'm like, yeah, this is a camera that I actually want. Like, I want to use this. And there's a time and place for it. Like, it is bigger. It's bulkier. If I'm overlanding and I can carry that gear with me, it's great. But if I'm hiking, I'd rather have my A7S III in a, a smaller gimbal. Uh, but So it depends you on be what to... you're shooting
0: in terms of like the the gear that you own you could in theory sell your whole gimbal setup and maybe um a camera or something and a lens that you would dedicate as a gimbal like setup yep. and put that towards that and it, it's the same price and it's just going to be so much easier to pull it out of the bag and just go um yeah. just having a dedicated gimbal setup at all times is great i know for me when i was doing freelance stuff i would always have like a shoulder cam or like a, a monopod camera and then another camera that was often the exact same camera just mounted always in the, in the movie, just ready to go whenever. Um, Cause it's just such a pain to like take it on and off, on and off all the time. So yep. um, it's pretty exciting for sure. And the LIDAR stuff, did you play around with that at all? The kind of the focusing no. stuff with LIDAR?
1: So I had a very limited time to work with the camera because um, you know, they sent it to me, the shipping got messed up. Like I was supposed to have it for longer, um, but I took it out to Utah and I basically had one lens. I had the 35 millimeter, uh, from DJI, uh, I could use some of my Sony lenses, but, uh, I didn't really have enough time to really practice and figure out how to make everything work properly. So I basically just used that 35 millimeter, um, and just used it as a run and gun type of camera. And I, it's just a pretty impressive, the type of footage I was able to get out of it. Um, so like yeah there's a lot of potential with it and there's a lot to unlock i think it's something that like you need to have for a while and you really need to work with it but i think having that lidar just opens up a lot of possibilities the only i guess downside is that you can only use small lenses on it so you're not going to be able to put these big lenses on it that you might want to um you really have to be limited with what you can put on front of that that gimbal because the gimbal's pretty small
0: yeah and um I guess, yeah, you're right. It just, it depends on your use case. Um, but the lenses are great and <clears throat> most people will probably be able to get that to work. And I think yeah. it'll probably carry down too. We'll probably see some sort of 4D alternate that's a cheaper, smaller um, unit. They just had to start on the super high end to get the technology out there, to get that in the hands of the the filmmakers and kind of get some, you know, research and development for the next year or two while they potentially develop something that's maybe a little more approachable for uh you know normal people um you know they they had that original osmo thing the the little ball uh camera that like would do i think it did 4k raw um Mm -hmm. and then obviously they've had all this experience with uh the cameras that they've been putting on the drones so i'm i'm definitely not um you know, I would I would expect that they're going to have some sort of cheaper version, like a Super Thirty Five version or something. I don't know, but um, we'll see. But it's very, very cool safe. technology.
1: It's unique, and I think DJI is really pushing the boundaries in um, you know the the drone technology, but also like putting out these types of cameras. Like they're just different than what everyone else is doing.
0: And then let's let's end it uh, on our gear talk with the the drone slash camera that's been sitting on the table there this whole time, the Mavic three, um, this, we, <laughs> we both knew that this would be a big for your channel. And, um, we, you know, have to just wait and see how many views you get on your beginner's guide video. I'm sure it'll be over a million, uh, by the time we talk again, you know, next year, we'll Maybe.
1: <laughs> The issue with the Mavic three is the price. And I've seen this in my comments, people are really frustrated. That it's so expensive. Um,
0: really? Okay.
1: Yeah, it's just it's an expensive drone, um, but it is a pro. I I see it as a pro level drone, um, but you know, with with it, it's like if you don't want to spend, I mean, what is the cost of it? It's three thousand. DJI Mavic Three.
0: Let me just click click the link in your description.
1: No, thank you. It's it's Dude, hard to like.
0: <laughs> you don't have like. A link in the beginner's guide to buy the drone.
1: I do. It says get the Mavic 3. Get
0: them. It's a little hidden. I, I would mm-hmm. want to see that top.
1: Yeah, it's $3,000 with the Fly More Combo. Um, okay. Yeah, It's $2,199 for just a single battery, which you could get away with because the battery lasts so long, but you definitely want the Fly More Combo. So $3,000 for that, and then obviously 5000 for the Cine version, which gives you, you know, ProRes, and then also you get that remote control with it, the RC Pro, which I'm, you know, it's a bummer that the RC Pro, you have to get that to work with this drone. You can't use the original um, smart controller. Mm. Uh, so it's and that RC Pro is like thirteen hundred dollars. So if yeah. you want to get the non-Cine version, which this one with the Flymore combo and then the RC Pro, you're still looking at like forty-five hundred dollars. It's crazy it is so i think there's a lot of people that are frustrated with how expensive the setup is because um, like yeah it's you know but the the air DJI... 2s is fantastic and that's so much cheaper
0: i think that's the argument that you can make now though is like dji makes other drones like it's yep. it's the apple conversation you just spilled coffee on a five thousand dollar laptop i'm using a five thousand dollar laptop you don't have to buy a five thousand dollar laptop you can buy yeah. A MacBook Air with the M1 chip in it, and it's going to be a thousand dollars, and it's actually going to perform really well too, just like yep. the Air 2. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, I mean, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay the money for this laptop
1: because this is a tool that I use every day, and I, I, I want, you know, the best. And you best want to spill coffee I on it? <laughs> uh, yeah, we we'll, could we'll do that. Now we'll when see, it comes to the we'll to follow three. up,
0: make sure you don't have any issues, water damage. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, the Mavic 3, like the Phantom series I think is now officially like nail in the coffin. So.
1: I think so. I don't think they're going to do another Phantom. So this was kind of the replacement of like that middle ground between, you know, the Air 2S and the Inspire. Like this is the middle. Yeah. So this is going to be used on pro shoots. That's why they have the Cine version. But also it's you know, it's geared towards the consumer as well for anybody who wants just like creators who just want a powerful drone with a great camera i mean the four-thirds sensor looks great the footage that i've been shooting that's h.264 like looks fine and color grading works great and you know it looks really good you don't need the cine version um but like i was saying you know you're it's getting expensive when you're getting all the components um like it's it's just yeah it's a it's not a cheap drone
0: can you like, just give me the bullet points on the differences between the two and, you know, some of the features that you really like about them.
1: Yeah. So the Mavic three, the side, the sensors, you know, on the side, that's like one of the biggest things. So like if you're following a subject, avoidance. yeah, the obstacle avoidance. So if you're following a subject and a tree comes from your side, you're not going to run into that tree with the air 2s S you're going to run into that tree. And I've done that multiple times where I've been flying the Air 2S (laughs) and I've run into something because it doesn't have obstacle avoidance on the sides. So a lot of times when you're wanna create, you know, cool shots, cinematic shots, however you wanna say it, uh, you don't necessarily always wanna be front and back. Like you wanna be off to the side or you wanna be rotating.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So it's it's a much better level of security when you're flying the Mavic 3. And I've been testing this with the, the active track that they've just released. It's not, you know, perfect yet, but the obstacle avoidance works super well. Um, You know, I think ActiveTrack has some room to improve, but it's definitely gotten much better over time. Um, You know, it's weird though, like DJI released this drone and it's not a completed drone. All the software still has more updates. Like you go into the app, you try to use panel mode right now, it says function not available. You try to use quick shots, it says function not available. Um, They just released ActiveTrack, which I did a video on, and like I said, I think they're going to improve it so that you know there's certain parts of it that just aren't as stable as I'd want them to be. But it is what it is. Uh,
0: and I mean, the the 360 degree obstacle avoidance though was on the pro uh, the the Pro 2, right? The Mavic. 2 No, pro the Air or
1: 2s. Oh yeah, the the Pro 2, the original Mavic 2 Pro. Uh, yeah, whatever. Has it's called. a 360. <clears throat> But the Air 2S only has forward, backwards, up and down.
0: I think that's probably one of the the issues, if you will, that maybe people have is people who own, a lot of people bought that Mavic 2 Pro uh, when that came out with the Hasselblad sensor yep. on it. And I still think it looks great. I mean, it's a one inch sensor, the color's great, it does 10 bit, um, it's got the 360 optical avoidance the new mavic 3 like even though it is amazing like even more amazing is it really worth it for some of those people who are maybe in that kind of in between maybe you just shoot weddings maybe you just kind of shoot little things here and there you're not doing like full-on you know hollywood level stuff is it really worth it to to spend five thousand dollars on the mavic 3 probably not
1: probably not but the issue is those drones are, are starting to get a little dated so if you you know, they yeah. still work well, um, but if you want the latest and greatest, now you're going from, you know, a couple thousand dollars to 5,000. Like, it's it's a huge jump. Yeah. But, and I
0: wonder, I wonder if they're going to do a new Inspire this coming year as well. I mean, obviously, again, there's a lot of delays on technology yeah. because of COVID, but um, the Inspire 2 is kind of long in the tooth now. It's been around for a while, uh, maybe four years, four or five years almost at this point.
1: Yeah, I think with the 4D, I think that camera is what's going to be used on the Inspire, whatever the new one is, because yeah. you can take that whole unit off the front. Good point. And so I think yeah, you're going to be able to pop sense. that off and put it on a drone.
0: Yeah, totally. I think they yeah. kind of did that with the Ronin 2, right? Could you do that? I don't know. No, you couldn't do that because the Inspire 2 had a built-in camera. But Yeah. Cool. Well, Jevin, you took, we took so much of your time. Um well over an hour because of our technical difficulties (laughs) and water spillage. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the golden hour podcast. Always a pleasure. I'm sure I'll talk to you tomorrow on the phone, but uh, thank you for joining us. Is there anything that you'd like to leave with our listeners who are, um, you know, inspired by you want to maybe get out there and start traveling as well. Maybe start a YouTube channel this year, obviously, you know, coming into January, we've, we've all got new year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. Uh, what are some, uh, one of some, some tips and and things you'd want to share with our listeners?
1: Yeah, I I guess one big thing would be, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier, but be realistic with yourself. Don't jump on YouTube thinking that you're going to be doing, uh, this kind of content that you, you really can't do because of limitations of time and, um, you know, the situation you're in, just give yourself a break. Like you don't have to be Mr. Beast level right out of the gate, um, I think we can all find the kind of content that resonates with us that we enjoy making and we can figure out a way to do it that fits into our lifestyle Um, rather than like, you know, seeing these travel YouTubers that are circling the globe and they have no, they they don't have to like be home ever. Um, You know, like we, not everyone can do that. So just be realistic with yourself. 100%.
0: Be realistic going into 2022. Jevin, a pleasure as always. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the golden hour podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays. We'll see you next time.